meant to be so tall. <laughs> yeah. And right. people test a lot of things on me. Like they go, what about a really tall building? Right, right, right. And I'm like, that's okay. Buildings can be very tall. That's okay. Right. So again, proportionality is it's, important. It's all about the portions. It's all about, <laughs> not portions, sorry. It's all about proportions for me. Yeah. Now, it's all, all about, about portions. the portions no. is probably the episode title. <laughs> so anyway. Um, Gave you that little nugget yeah, there. Yeah, early little, on too. Little gemstone. So this is 130-something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm talking to Kelly Lightfoot. Hello, Kelly. Hello. Now, we've known each other. How long? How long have you been working at my school? Let's call it Like uh, just over a year? Yeah. Just over a year. But yeah. I really never really talked no, to you. No. And that's like common. So it's a... <laughs> We're going to start off there? Just tend to be as in, invisible? Like, I, or? As in... Because I moved at a very like... I moved during COVID, you know, right, so right, yeah, right. yeah, I'm an enigma still, I feel. Right. And is yeah. that how you tend to play things? Like if I just, I let mm. other people reveal themselves, that's usually what I do. No. So if we were both doing the same thing. Yeah. It's probably a reason why it's it took so things. long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's only been the last, I guess, couple of, yeah, a little while, but even last week we sat at the same table for some yeah. PL thing and I yeah. was like, huh. Talk to Kelly more. <laughs> wow, she can be interesting at times. She <laughs> seems interesting. She seems mildly interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I have a prepared first question. Love it. Because I was told you need to ask Kelly this and then we'll move on. Mm. The, the first question is what is your phobia? Um, without, like, I'm going to, it's disproportionately sized things but as in like i don't enjoy bonsai trees because it's a very small tree <laughs> like a tree's not meant to All be right. that size you're gonna have to slow well, down you know. just slow down here okay so pathologically yes if you were to see a bonsai tree what what are the cry. the physical sensation is a need to cry a, a need to cry an uneasiness i it's like anything that seems to, like the not the right size or overwhelming for a particular space. So, for example, if you walk into a museum yeah. and there's a giant plane in a room in a museum, my brain goes, this this is too big for this space. Like, okay. Or baby corn. That's not the corn, <laughs> the size of the corn that I'm used to. Okay. Yeah. But, again, this... This isn't just a, a little peccadillo you have of like, I don't like these things. These give you a, some kind of phobia. That's it's a what reaction, I'm, yeah. Right. But it's very self-managed because I do do things to expose myself. So, for example... Eat baby corn. Yeah. Or take like, those risks. Yeah. <laughs> or like go to the big things like the big banana or the big... <laughs> but even those, like the big banana... Yeah, I don't like it. Especially when you read about it in like the Guinness World Records. Right. Or you're reading about it. Even reading about it overwhelms me. Yeah. It's a feeling of overwhelm. Right. Is the feeling that comes And I guess it's me. a phobia. So there's no like, why? No, no, there's no why. There's no why. And when did you first 
first discovered this? I know exactly when I first discovered it. I can tell you. It is when I walked... I went on a school excursion and we walked into the museum, a a museum, and there was a plane in the museum and a helicopter hanging from the ceiling. Gotcha. And my little, like, eight-year-old, nine-year-old brain was thinking, these are not logical spaces for these to be in. Yeah. These are too big for this space. And I wanted to get out of the room and they were like, no, no, just go explore. And I had absolutely no desire to explore. Um, And... I think also, yeah, from reading things like Guinness World Records and you know how it's like the tallest statue or Mm -hmm. the longest road or whatever. My head is just like statues of humans are not, humans are not meant to be that tall. (laughs) We are not meant to be so tall. Yeah. And people test a lot of things on me. Like they go, what about a really tall building? And I'm like, that's okay. Buildings can be very tall. That's okay. Right. So, again, proportionality is it's, important. It's all about the portions. It's all about... <laughs> not portions, sorry. It's all about proportions for me. Yeah. Now, it's all, all about, about the portions, portions no. is probably the episode title. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, Gave you that little, little nugget yeah, there. Yeah, early little, on too. Little gemstone. I mean, again, I just want to keep... Just talk about that for like an hour. Let's I go mean, through every catalogue. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not going to try and find like where it's... Lapsed, you I can tell I mean? you another story with it. Mm, please. Like when I went to the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. I started to cry. And I think people are thinking I'm crying from the emotion. Like, oh, beautiful. I've seen this landmark. No, no. It's because it's a very big human. Yeah, this enormous lady will devour us all. Yeah, it felt very overwhelming to be standing. It, it, it is. It's the feeling of overwhelm. Overwhelm right. is the common theme here Yeah. with this phobia. But what about the little things? Um, the little things are mostly like, you know, the minis that I was going to say figurines. Are they a problem? No, that's fine. But you know, like the coals, you know how they make like the mini, like the mini washing powder or the mini ketchup. No, no, don't like it. But like phobia inducing don't like it rather than. I think my fear, I think my reaction with the small things is bigger than with the, uh, is different to the big things. It it sounds like you've in your past taken hallucinogenics and at some point you became very large in your hallucinogenic state (laughs) and so now you know what i mean like if you had a bad trip and you thought you were a giant then picking up this cup would seem infinitesimally small to you i can confirm this did not occur (laughs) or you felt really small but i just yeah i don't know i've had well not hallucinogenic but i remember having three days of very little sleep Mm. and probably like too much alcohol and at the end of the last night holding someone's hand and literally feeling like I was shrinking but that's you know that's psychosis brought on from a lack of sleep and alcohol consumption yeah no I can pinpoint and that is unpleasant I I can imagine (laughs) I can pinpoint the moment to being when I was in the museum hmm that was the moment. So, <clears throat> did you just exit yourself from that, or did was I it... stayed in the room? Right. I I went inside the plane because okay. you could go inside. Yeah. And once I was inside, I felt that made okay. more sense. Well, you're in that space exactly. Yeah. Even if you have to enter a plane from the tarmac, like not through the tunnel, yeah. I don't enjoy that really because it is. It's the feeling of overwhelm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Mm. The big things mm. in the spaces they're not meant to be. Mm. Yes. What about like a fun house, like a you know room of mirrors? You know, sometimes they do proportionality things in those kinds of well, spaces where they make everything really big or everything really small. I feel like that's okay. I was exposed to that like young, like you, yeah. know, you go to Luna Park and there's those. I feel like that's fine. Yeah, but they're, they're meant to be that size. Right, like, right, you know right. What I mean? know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. You like a bit of logic and structure in your world. I do. Yeah. It's all, it seems illogical, but it's actually well, I mean, very logical. It's, yeah. It is. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. It's the phobia element that is the throwaway, right? Yes. It's not like, oh, that made you uncomfortable. I get that. But to actually have a physical response. Yes. That's, I mean, that's what makes it a phobia. I have gotten better, though, because yeah. I do. I, rec- I recognize it in myself and I expose myself to so things. So if you go to a museum and there's a big dinosaur... Is that I, too far removed from reality to... Yeah, and because when I was young, I was taught about how big dinosaurs right, were. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's... That, yeah, I guess. Mm. But it's... Yeah, right. But yeah. it's still... It doesn't belong in this museum. No, but they're also... They, <clears throat> I've never seen them on Earth. No, that's true. You know, I've never seen them in their real habitat. Right. So, it, see, it, there is a logic behind yeah, yeah, every one of the... Because people throw them at me all the time. Like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Like, there is a logic behind every single... One, like potential fear. Just if all proportions can stay regulated. Yes. Right. Yes. I don't love that for you. It's lame. (laughs) Anyway, so that's proportionality and how I can. Proportionality. Any other phobias? No. No Mm. other phobias, really. I've got a phobia of being struck by lightning. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's legit, though. Yeah, but. At what point does it become? Like just on a, if it wasn't raining, would you still have that same fear? Like that randomly lightning would come? No, but like if there's a storm, even if it's far away, Mm. yeah, no, no good. I'm not going outside. Isn't there a thing like if you have an umbrella or you stand under a tree or something like that? Yeah, I know all of that stuff. But it's all based on when I dream. Mm. If I have a, that's my stress dream is Ah. being outside in a storm. Okay. Weirdly, I don't ever get struck by lightning. Yeah. Other people do yeah. in the dream, but I don't. And I've had those kind of dreams so many times mm. that in the dream it becomes meta, where I tell people in the dream that I've had dreams like this. Yes. And so... That's very meta. And so then it... Yeah, then... I mean, it's it's not problematic unless I I've impose that on my children so mm-hmm. they're terrified of being struck by lightning mm-hmm. not that anyone we know has ever been struck by lightning the but phobia has been like passed on in a sense yeah. so they've learned the phobia gotcha. rather than just phobia. yeah rather mm-hmm. than me having it but there's been a lot of times where justine and i will go for a walk and i'll mm-hmm. be like ah, i might go home and she's like yeah. but it's like so far away so far away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't want it to not be so far away but that is the thing with the phobia yeah like it's there. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I've ridden my bike home in the middle of storms mm. and I have, or if I'm walking and there's, and I've got, tr- you know, caught off caught a bus or whatever and I'm outside, mm. then for some reason I look at the ground so I don't see it coming. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not that you'd see it coming. These are all the self regulate, like the things, mm. we, the self regulation tactics we have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh yeah. So there's no, yeah. As you said, it's it's no real explanation. No, there isn't. So the other thing we have in common yes. is we are we have secure attachment theory. 
What's that called? <laughs> Right? Attachment we're, style. <laughs> we are. We, our attachment style is secure. I don't yes. know what that means. I only found out about it a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the hell does that mean? What is an attachment style? I was told by a friend oh, about this. Like go on and then go on and then and go do online a quiz. and do the quiz. Mm. I am susceptible to any type of like personality ah, quiz. Which Smurf are you? That kind of thing. Yeah, Buzzfeed. Yeah. Which Which Emily in Paris character are you? <laughs> Like, I'm doing all the quizzes. Now, do you know? Do you, off the top of your head, which Emily Gabrielle. and Gabrielle? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> which I don't relate that. to at all. <laughs> Is there a Wednesday? I'm imagining there's a Wednesday. Like, which Wednesday character are you? I'm yet to watch Wednesday. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm sure once you've watched Wednesday, yes, if you type in which Wednesday character are you, yeah, it'll just say you're Wednesday or Enid, probably. Yeah. Just narrow it down. Yeah. Right. Um, so I am susceptible to any yeah. kind of quiz, but I did do the attachment style one, and it's all about like it go it goes back to like your parents, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and your yeah. primary caregivers. Yeah, so, I was yeah. yeah, it was a little uncomfortable. It's like oh Jesus. Yeah, it was like <clears throat> also you try and remember, you know, like oh I don't know, like how did I feel when I was younger? Yeah, you know, because mm. I think your perception of how you felt now is could potentially be different to how you felt in the moment or vice versa. Yeah, vice very, versa. very much. Yeah. That's why it annoys me when people are like, when I was in year seven. Yeah. Mm. And I don't think I be, I remember anything beyond, like, I feel like that attachment style quiz is very much about your day-to-day life, how yeah. you felt. But I don't, rem- mm. I only remember key moments, like my phobia moment or my, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't think I remember consistently how I felt every day. So... No, and that's sort of the the narrative we sort of tell yeah, ourselves yeah. becomes that. Yes. Like every day when I was at school, yeah. I hated school. Yeah. Or I like school. Or, or I, I felt I've, this way. Yeah. Or I felt I secure. Or I did not. Like whatever. Yeah. Growing up in my household was yeah. very. It's it's all from reading too many books. Yes. You have to yes. have a sweeping discussion. Yes. But I wonder, um, <laughs> on on the basis of these very scientific studies. Yes. Um. Because I asked our mutual friend Zoe mm. about that. I was like, well, I got secure. I don't really know what that means. And mm. she was like, well, like in terms of your parents, you didn't really need them around too much to sort of help you out. And I was like, well, that's pretty true. She was like, yeah, to what extent? Mm. I was like, ah, oh. like I was the youngest of mm. three boys, but the first to leave. Mm. Okay. Um, and... That always stuck with me of like, why didn't... I never could understand why my brothers didn't leave. Yeah. Does that make sense? My interpretation was slightly different. My interpretation of it was like about modelled behaviour. Like did they model... Like Uh modelling healthy relationships Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like did you have that modelled for you as a a child or or not? Like that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. I could be totally off base. We 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 may have done separate scientific Very dependent on which scientific quiz you took. (laughs) Very scientific quiz we took when you type in attachment attachment style style (laughs) quiz. Like I usually go for I feel like I go for the one that's like the second one down. Because I don't I think the top one's the ad. I'm like, they're going to make me like put my email in. Um, but <laughs> That second one's far more legitimate. The second one's far more legitimate most yeah. of the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, that's how I interpreted it. Like yeah. modelled behaviour yeah. of how, yeah. Well, I mean, 
this is maybe separate to any of that discussion. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like how like how independent are you? Are you have you been in someone who seeks out independent seeks out independence? Well, unlike you, I am the older child, uh-huh. and I think I am the typical like older yeah. child. That's okay. Okay. Hello. <laughs> The stereotypical older child. Yeah. Right. What's the stereotypical older child? I think just like I... Well, I have two brothers, right? So it's like I always think, oh, I didn't really need... They're very like close, which is very natural, I feel. But I was like, "Um, I wouldn't have needed a sister, you know, to make me feel... Like I liked that I was the only... Mm. Like, I liked that I was the only girl, and I think I did a lot. I've always done independent activities as well. I don't don't love a team sport. Huh. (laughs) I don't. I like to do things that are more solo. So, yeah. I think that probably is, like, again, for my scientific child order studies. (laughs) Yeah, and from our three days of reflecting upon our results. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I fit that kind of mold yeah i feel yeah so yeah. what what is the stereotypical older child just like bossy probably uh-huh. quite independent i would say yeah probably doing things more by themselves or like when you're from a three-child family yeah there's always like <laughs> the outlier you yeah know? i feel like i'm the outlier i believe like, if they and again, scientific, yes. um, just on the basis of how I grew up and friends of ours, I know if there are three and they're of the same gender, yeah. then the middle child tends to be the outlier. Gotcha. But yeah. I don't know how it, how it, it probably works differs. with my family dynamic. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. But also I think the older child te- like go, does everything first. Yes. Right? So they're always doing everything first. Yes. Yeah. And kind of then being the one who, well, at least in my case, like communicating that down the line. Right. What's the age difference between you and your brothers? Oh, very close. My next brother's 18 months. Right. And then my other one is five years or four and a half years. So separation between us, but my next sibling, 18 months. And they have a close, like you said, that closer relationship. Yeah. Like we're all tight, but like they're super, super tight. But like that would have changed over time. So I'd imagine when you're in your teenage years, you would have been, I don't want to. Yeah. You know, we we have nothing in common. Yeah, yeah. Or like more sort of, I don't know. We've all always kind of had similarities, I think. But yeah, just like different, like they're in a band together. Like they do activities together. together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are your solo pursuits? I was a dancer. Uh Uh-huh. I was a competitive dancer from the age of two to 18. Wow. Yeah. But that's a, I don't, wait. Solo as in so, I did solos and right. examinations. It was very like, I mean, you do group work. Yeah. But ultimately it's about, especially in the dance world, it's about like, well, my, my ambition as a dancer was to be like a principal right. ballet dancer. So yeah. you'll be the one who's not in the group dances gotcha. and doing like the solos mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and always like generally competed alone as well as in groups. Okay. So what was the high point for you of doing dance can you remember one particular moment where it was where you're i received 100 like, in a ballet exam so was the the moment the receiving the score or was the moment actually doing the dance receiving the score right 
the best dance I ever did, I don't think it was even like a winning dance that I had. It was just one that I really liked. Yeah. And it was a contemporary dance. So it wasn't even my regular style. I was usually like I was classically ballet trained. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like probably my high point dance was a contemporary dance. And I just loved the dance. Like it just suited me. I felt very myself doing that dance yeah. right and yeah. did you pursue more of the same or was that just more doing more of those types of dances yeah, yeah from then on i i started competing solos in classical yeah and then i did contemporary and then my first contemporary was nice as well but there was another one that was i actually learned it from an older student right. so it was like you would fit this girl's dance so well and gotcha. she like taught taught it to me and oh. I was like really honored that they thought I could do this older student's dance right, because she yeah. was like an amazing dancer. Yeah. Um and yeah, I think it was that kind of prestige around it. Right. And then I I did I think that one was the one that I then did for a few years. You know, you could go back to different do it in all different competitions and it was fine because yeah. that competition hadn't seen you do it. So right. yeah. Okay. So what is something about like the this world of solo dance competitive dance Mm. that no one if you haven't done it what don't you understand that's an interesting question um i feel like it's very subjective to what your experience of it is yeah i think that um when you grow up dancing really competitively and i was having a conversation with this about someone like with someone about this the other day um it's very hard to go back to it when you can no longer be really good at it. Yeah. It's very competitive and it's very like aiming to be the best and aiming to be the top and very um, induces a certain perfectionist (laughs) quality in in people, I think. Yeah. And so it's very hard to go back to it as in just doing it for fun. That's what I would say is like, so yeah. do you dance for fun now? No, I'd love to again though. Right. But I would love to just do like a beginner class. Even though I've done it for like, I did it for so many years. If yeah. I was to go back, I would just do a beginner to make it just about the pure enjoyment, yeah. not about the needing to be really good. The technique good. Yeah. and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what was the low point? <clears throat> or was there a point when you were realized like... I mean, what would like, how about I frame it this way and, sure. we'll, and then we'll go to the crushing part later. Okay, yep. But like, what was your, <laughs> what was your, what was the dream? Did you have a dream? Did you have a, a goal? I was always battling two different, I was battling the very academic me and the mm. performer. And when I, I feel like there was this mentality that you couldn't be both. Like there was this mentality that if you're going to be a dancer, you have to dedicate your whole life to dance. And to a certain extent that is true like it's a very competitive world um and so yeah what was the initial what was the initial question so what was what was your did you have a specific dream oh my goal yeah Yeah. um well i wanted to be like a i wanted to be in the australian ballet right and i did auditions for the australian ballet yeah yeah just get into the crushing part I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. So you, that that was your goal from what age? Do you think? Mm, probably about like ten or eleven. Yeah. Okay. Now, were they? 
and this may be a little subjective, so it might be hard to answer. Mm. Were they, or was that your goal? Or was that the nature of the world you were in? Like other people's mm. goals for us, especially yeah. at that age, become our goals because that's what we, we think. Also an interesting question. Mm. Um, if you're a ballet dancer, if you're a ballerina, yeah. that, that's the trajectory for you. So was yeah. it was the goal? Was it my goal? Yeah, was it your goal? Um, that's just the goal. Like when you're... Right. Well, I shouldn't say that because that's maybe perhaps not everyone's goal. Yeah. But that's... I went to like a very classically based like school like dance school and so yeah yeah, it was like i'm gonna be in the australian ballet and be a principal artist that was that was what i wanted and then you auditioned yeah god multiple times what was the pressure like this especially what's the pressure more the first time or in subsequent I think subsequent because the first time was more just like a trial okay. of what what you would, needed to what do. I would need to do, and then the next other times I, yeah, like knew what was coming, but almost that was worse yeah. because it's like well, now that I know, I need to like train myself up for it and like yeah. get better and be be the best, and yeah, I think it was probably more pressure subsequent times. Right. Yeah. So here's a really hard question. Yep. It may seem mean. It's okay. Why didn't you get in? I don't know. Oh, that's horrible. I don't know why. I think I, and this is kind of, this comes into the crushing. Right. Okay. <laughs> Just, I, I think it's like more my body type and like biologically, like, yeah, I feel like that's, that is why. Yeah. Um, that's, that's why I didn't, well... Yeah, I didn't think that I could continue in classical because of that. That was my mindset. Jeez. Yeah. But they didn't tell you. No, they don't tell you so that. So then you have to create a reason. I created that reason. And you don't in my know whether it's because real. Because it couldn't possibly be that I wasn't good enough. <laughs> You're wearing clogs while you were dancing. <laughs> like, my dancing was immaculate. <laughs> Yeah, my dance I was perfect, the best ever. Yeah, but I can all, right. I can reflect on it and say it was probably a combination of things, probably just not good enough. Yeah. Um, or I peaked when I was ten, which is sad. I peaked when I was ten in my ballet exam. Yeah, and, like you know, see, so you get a hundred percent in your in your peak. Yeah. I mean, that has to happen, right? You it peak does, somewhere, yeah. and it can be at ten. Yeah. Can, I play a lot of sport as all my life, mm. but you see these people and you're like, oh, well, you peaked at this age and mm. you, you were at your best. And mm. it's to do with where, your height and, dare I say, your proportions yeah. at, at certain ages give you an advantage. And then when everyone sort of catches up or changes. And I look back on it now and I think I wasn't really genetically predisposed to mm. fit that typical like yeah. image that we have. Um, but... Yeah, still, I still continued. Yeah. After the failed, or after the crushing defeat. So what made you stop? <laughs> um, when I was studying right. my year twelve. Yeah, to make that choice between <laughs> academic. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, I danced all through high school, and then when I was studying for my HSC. Yeah. Is when I stopped. Um, yeah, and then I took it back up again. Yeah. And then I have scoliosis. Um, like so curvature in my yep. spine. So my posture was always off. So I kind of just stopped after 
that um right. and then i did like a few casual classes here and there i haven't done it in years though all right yeah so you you know pretty high level dancer yes you said you were a pretty high level academic well i just focused on academics i don't know right. if i would call my, i don't know <laughs> i don't like to say i'm amazing but i'm joking <laughs> well you know like what score did you get that's really what we're here for in year 12 yeah i feel really like weird that i remember it everyone remembers 95.2 right so yes so you have a high standard academic dance Mm. so why are you a teacher i everyone always thought i should be a teacher really everyone in my life predicted i would be a teacher yeah and did you resist i resisted because i was like i'm going for the 90s you know um and I wanted to study like law journalism and I actually started studying like journalism Yeah. and five weeks in was like, <laughs> this is not for me. That's pretty good. Yeah. And I remember I went home and I was like really upset because I never, because I did, I had like a very high standards of myself and I yeah. thought I would never be that person who would be like, no, I'm on the wrong path. Like everything was... Planned out. And then I went home to my dad and I was like, I want to be a teacher. Yeah. And my parents were always very encouraging of teaching for me. Yeah. But there was a discourse around if you get this grade, you should be doing the XYZ. Um, And now I really try and, I guess go against that yeah exactly because you should just do what you want to do Do what you want to do i i um uh yeah when i got my you know they predict what scores you were going to get i my chemistry teacher was appalled that Mm. i would consider being a teacher when i should be an engineer Mm. and really to this day i don't know what an engineer does no i don't either it may like when she said it i was like I don't even know what that is. Mm. And so that's how far removed from my actual head of mm. thinking what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and it is interesting. Like if you get a certain score, then the, this is what you pursue. I see it a lot with the, that year 10 class I had this year, the mm. smart class, who their, all their goals were uh, uh, to get a good job, mm. would make their parents happy. Mm. And you're like, what's a good job? And it was the same, lawyer doctor yeah it's very limiting yeah and i like i also just sort of think it's i think phases are gone through where it's like this job is the what you're going for and when i was in year 12 it was like international studies yeah and war it was like those those two were like the ultimate you know what i mean um and I think I thought that that was really my persuasion because I was very humanities-based and did humanities-based subjects. But a little known fact is, or maybe it's a known fact, is I'm also a drama kid. And Mm -hmm. I love, like, the theatrics and I love to perform and I love to use hand gestures. And so, like, I think I can't imagine myself now doing a job job. where I'm not like active and like walking around and talking. I can't really imagine. And I think that's what other people had noticed about me. Why, why so many people were always like, you're going to become a teacher. We just know it. Like that's what you're going to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, or just and also just the enthusiasm. Like when I talk about something I really like, like yeah. how many jobs do you just get to talk about stuff you like all day? Like it's pretty cool. So yeah, it's. So do you find teaching to be performative for you? Um. No, but I think, like, I do. That drama kid in me has moments where. I notice being very exuberant or <laughs> like yeah. when we're reading a certain passage, I'm like, feel very passionate about it. And there's an element of just like in the classroom, I take on like my classroom persona. So maybe that is a little bit performative. I don't know. I think I have a very big like classroom persona and mm-hmm. yeah, like a kind of high energy, high energy, yeah. very high energy. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't even know if we talked about this, but I'm exactly the same. I'm yeah. a drama kid. Um, I feel like we have. Yeah, we hide so, this. We hide this fact. We hide it from people so we don't have to teach it. I think is the the fun part. Or I don't know. There's something weird. When I say weird, there's something people find weird about drama, students and. I don't like forced drama. No, like space jump. Oh my gosh, I'm running away. <laughs> You know, I'm running yeah. away during drama games. Yes, drama but games. But I'd love yeah. to be on stage. Mm-hmm. And maybe that goes back to the dancing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the on stage, it's about, you know, that control as well. Yeah. I liked what you said about taking on the class's persona. I don't think I've heard it put that way, but that's very similar to what I do, which is why I struggle with those middle sort of apathetic classes. Mm. You know, I've always found like the top classes who are driven – I'm 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 very good with those classes, but I'm also very good at the students who are struggle, but you mm. know, are trying in their struggle. But I I have a problem teaching those students who are just have the ability, but because I tend to take on that sort of atmosphere of like oh yeah. I think my persona is like flexible. I'm the same though. I feel like I feel like. Yeah, I know what you're saying. In, in the middle, yeah. I don't know which which one to take on. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but it's something like I I work on, and I also I'm very aware too that my kind of like enthusiastic persona may not be everyone's vibe. <laughs> no. <laughs> like it's not everyone's. It's a bit stuff. intense, right? It's, it can be a bit yes, intense, I'm yes. sure. Um, and so I've try I try to find like that light and shade in what I do as well. But yeah, yeah, and some I, I have. On a number of occasions, asked students after class, like mm. that was too much. I felt like I, that was too much, right? And they were like, "No, it was fine." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah that was a bit know. intense <laughs> yeah. sometimes, especially if I've had a strong coffee beforehand." Yeah. Sometimes they're, they're just like, "Oh my god, yeah, we're yeah. along for a bit of a ride here." Yeah, and I do. I think my default setting is the more kind of like outgoing, energetic kind yeah. of um, persona. Um, but yeah, definitely finding, as I said, like the light and shade in it, I think is really important because yeah. So like how exhausted does that make you? Um, or does it energize you? I think it energizes me. Yeah. I think it energizes me during the day. Like I think that's being in the classroom Mm -hmm. is like 
ultimately my passion. If I have days when I'm not in the classroom, I'm like, oh, I need that. I need to be in the classroom because it is what gives me my energy. I start annoying other classes, legit, like literally (laughs) popping in, just seeing what's happening. (laughs) But I love doing that though. Like I love to any classroom. I don't care whose classroom. I don't even care if it's not my classroom. I just like the energy of, of the classroom. And so I... I would say like, yeah, you can become tired, but I would say that the classroom part is the energizing part for yes. me. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I have the same. Yeah. Yeah, and a really good class, you know, I've said this on this podcast a few times, like I've, I taught what we had when we had line nine here where it was the whole week in one lesson, so a three-hour mm-hmm. lesson. Um, and if it was a good class, like you would come out of those so energized. Mm. After three hours, you'd do a whole week. Mm. And you just come out being like, I've got more. Mm. I know I know exactly where we're going next lesson. It's just easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think we adapt the style that worked for us. So, well... When you were a student, you mean? Yeah. Mm. I, I always liked... Um, I don't know. I always liked those... Even at uni, I liked those lectures where I could tell that the person was really passionate about what they were talking about. And yeah. that, to me made a lot of difference to, I think, my engagement. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also probably been an influence as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. People who sort of challenge you to think. Mm. I know that sounds obvious, but like with energy, mm. like, no, I'm not letting you get away with yes. posting. Yeah. I know the answer's in there. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I remember starting when I started teaching the the big turning point for me was having, after a year, having the head of English say, I'm going to come and observe for your two classes, yeah. um, which was a delight because you're meant to do this program for a whole year. I don't know what it's like now when you start out, mm. like where the, every term you get observed. Mm. But I was only doing three terms, mm. just covering. And then that got extended. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you can get your, whatever it was, teaching certificate. Mm. So where they can sign off and say, yes, yes yeah. you, we've seen you in practice. So rather than do that for a whole year, I only had to do it for like three weeks, which was a delight. But the head teacher said, I'll, I'll come into two classes. And the first class they came into, I did what I thought they wanted me to do. Mm. So I changed my style and made it way more formal, way more organized, way more structured. And the kids were just like, what's this? I'm like, I don't know what this is. And then the second one, was a, a really good class and I just thought, oh, just I'm going to just teach them like I would. And so when I got the feedback from mm. that second one, the points that the teacher was making, like you're too informal with them, um, you go off on too many tangents, all of this stuff, you need more structure, I just thought to myself, no, mm. no, this is, this is working, this is making me enjoy it Yeah, and it's making the students enjoy it and sure from an outside perspective it has less structure and it seems to be a bit scattershot but I know where this is going in my head and once you build that with a class where they don't see where it's going and then all of a sudden it makes sense then they are like cool let's go let's see where we're headed today yeah and um that's just my rant about teaching all of a sudden it's meant to be about you I relate to that though because it's for me, it's about the long game. Yeah. Um, because I think I was telling you this, how my first like observation, it was, you know, I, I think I was doing something similar. I was trying to be sort of really 
tough. Pro- professional? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know or what it you was, mean. Like, it was very, yeah. yeah. And that's not my default setting, no. you know. And um, But also, I think sometimes there's this kind of discourse around, like, you know, being, like, being sterner or whatever it is, like, equals more control or, yeah. or that kind of thing. Um, mm. That's how I felt at that time, you know, how, however many years ago. And I remember the um, teacher observing me was like, you, you need to smile. <laughs> like you're... <laughs> Yeah. And anyone who knows me knows like, I am quite jovial. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I am always laughing at something or joking about something. So right. that was very unnatural for me to not be like You're smiling. You're like, all right, got to put my teacher yeah. drama, like drama performance persona on. I'm yeah. going to be the character of teacher. Yeah. I'm going to be serious. I'm yeah. going to be. And I think... I've learnt that it's a lot more about the long game yeah. and that you can build respect and rapport. Yeah. Even being authentically yourself. You it's know? the rapport, right? Yeah. It's that, that takes a while to learn. Yes. Yeah. But it is because you you are more yourself. Yeah. And once I learnt to just kind of be myself, yeah. it made that, that and that sounds really silly because like <clears throat> learning how to be yourself. But once I learnt that that's like good in the classroom, yeah. it made everything a lot more a lot easier do do you think you are more yourself in the classroom than anywhere else oh probably probably i mean that might come out as like that's where i feel most at home but i think about it i think that's probably where i'm when the class is going well and you're not thinking right Mm. it's like dance it's like performance when the thought goes away and you just is it doing no being yeah this is a problem i had in drama was they go don't do do be or did they say the other one so um what's so method (laughs) don't be do but i can never remember which one i meant to be doing yeah but that was the thing like when you're in that uh, that comfort lesson you're not really thinking yeah you know it's very instinctual yeah probably i mean and all your sort of persona stuff goes away yeah when I talk to people, like people are like, you know, I feel like people are fascinated by. Well, people in my life are really fascinated by teaching. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know why. Um, and when I when they talk to me, like you know, how's work going? And you sort of like say, yeah, good. Like often people are like, I'd love to see what you're like in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot. That's a response from a lot of my friends. It's like, right. I'd love to see what you're like in the classroom. Yeah. And sometimes I want to say to them, I'm just like the same as I am now yeah but maybe i am even more so myself in that situation um Mm. it's interesting yeah that is it's a realization how especially when you make that realization when you're with your family Mm. and you think huh like i'm still at home i'm performing as partner i'm performing as husband i'm performing as parent Mm. so i'm not myself Mm. um not as much myself as I am in the classroom. Even in the staff room, mm. I'm still performing as, you know, teacher, colleague. There's boundaries. There's all this other stuff happening. I don't know. In the classroom, you're just like, oh, yeah, this. I know I'm, I'm in control. I guess it's that control. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's you are, once you've been doing it a while, then you have that control that to an outsider looks like, like wizardry. Yes. Like when you start out as a teacher and you're like, I'm struggling with control mm. and you watch experienced teachers do it, you're like, it looks so easy. 
Yeah, and I think I always used to think well, they must have started off being really, really strict on those kids and that's how they got them into line. Yeah, and now, what is it? Don't smile until yeah. Easter, that kind of idea. Yeah, now upon reflection, I'm like, no, I think it's just that they are so No, they go in day one yeah. and the students go, all right, I know who you are, who you are and what's yeah, happening in yeah. this class. And so that's something I try and do is just from the outset, just be how I'm always yeah. going to be and you know you have your days where you don't have the energy or like whatever everyone has those days in their job but i try from the outset to just be like this is this is where we are (laughs) this is the kind of energy level you're gonna get you'll get used to it yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. all right i'm gonna we'll wrap it up fairly soon yeah i've got one more question love it uh can you tell me about a time that you've been misjudged or underestimated we could get really deep here. Um, it's up to you. I think I underestimate myself. Oh. Yeah. I downplay my own ability. Right. I mean, I've seen you do that a couple of times. Like dance. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, academic. Not really. 95. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, sometimes I think the... I think people get a certain initial impression of me that may not be accurate. Right. And then and then people are like, no, I never got that impression of you. Yes, exactly. I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking like, what is the impression that I've, you think you give off? I've always had it in my head that I give off a very aloof impression. Uh-huh. Yeah, like that I come across very aloof. Yeah. And it does take me a while to feel it like very comfortable. Similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, it takes me a while to feel like comfortable. And I also... When I go to a new job or a new space, I'm always trying to learn it. Like I'm yeah. always spending the first part kind of learning because like going anywhere new is very different, right? And then yeah. you like have things to sort of learn. And so it's I, the navigation of everything. Yeah. And so I think I put a lot of effort into like learning about um, the space and the different mm-hmm. like, you know, procedures and protocols and stuff like that. And I'm so wrapped up in learning that yeah. I don't really feel comfortable yet i have to know everything first and then i'll feel comfortable and then i'll feel good yeah yeah do you let and i think we've already said that do you let other people come to you when you with like to help learn or not not even just like in terms of personality like you don't give out like this is who i am immediately maybe Yeah. yeah i i remember in my last job like I'm, I'm very close with a couple of people from there and they were sort of saying like you seemed really quiet at first mm-hmm. and like very and so I kind of just connect that with aloofness right <laughs> even though they're two different like they're two different things yeah. um but yeah I guess I'm sort of people do I generally people do kind of have to be the ones to come to me and like you yeah. know then I then I feel comfortable with them yeah um so yeah but I think I think my impression might be different to what people actually think I would guarantee it is yes <laughs> it's like very yeah. it's like very um yeah well the phrase that we that I've in a lot of interviews that we've done we've talked about is you should say to people, I think you're thinking, and then you won't yes. even say it. Because yeah. as soon as you say it, it sounds really weird. Yes, <laughs> I know. And when I do say aloof, people are like, mm, not really. Mm. Like, 
not really that vibe, but I do think at first as well, like because I want to learn everything in one go, which is just not possible. Like it no. takes a lot while to learn things, but because I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself to learn things, I think I'm often seen like really incompetent at first. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was going to say that's the idea I had of you straight away was yeah super she's incompe- so incompetent yeah. you've seen that new Kelly what's she like incompetent <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah no that's like I honestly think that I get it. When, I, whenever I, I'm in a new scenario yeah. I'm like I am so incompetent yeah. because I don't know everything yeah. and you can never know everything yeah but I'm like oh my gosh I have to learn everything so that I can be competent and yeah. until I've learned everything then I'm not competent right. at this yes and so then I think everyone thinks I'm really incompetent even though that's not what they're thinking no. again another another there are layers there's layers there's layers there's layers it's like the phobia there's layers <laughs> It's, it's complicated, but um, yeah, I do think, yeah, I under, I definitely then leads me to underestimating myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you seem to have all this high achievement. The the idea that you want to learn everything quickly and mm. be good at it or be competent, mm. which is a great word, mm. um, as quickly as possible. That's because you're a high achiever. Yes, and not. Being competent right away is only a deficiency that you see, not that the people around you see. Yeah. You know, because they go, oh, it's, you're new here. It takes a while to learn this stuff. Yeah. But in our head, sometimes we're like, oh, no, they, they are seeing the deficiencies mm. that are there. But they're not looking. They're and, tired. Yeah. And it's a process of being like, be, just because you're learning doesn't mean you're incompetent. Like, do you know what I mean? Like being learning something or like learning how something works doesn't yeah. equals incompetent. Doesn't equal incompetence. It just means it's new, you yeah. know, or it's different or it's like not what you've always done or whatever. So I think it's about separating those two concepts as well. Like Yeah. Cuz yeah. to be competent you have to learn. Yeah. Stupid? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> 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 so that that kind of then all factors into just like my own underestimation yeah. right. of myself. Right. Well, I mean, I've given this advice to other people and, and I think you'll do well with it. Yeah. Just don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll definitely take that on board. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think well, it's important for me to know. I think that has main, meant that we've reached the end of our session. Thank you. Uh, just, yeah, just how about you don't do what you've been doing? Yeah, okay. Just change your habits. I'll just change all of my habits. Don't be afraid of things, big things in small spaces or small things in big I'll spaces. I'll continue to work on that. Yeah, just Continue stop. my exposure therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested. What about, what about, oh, what, getting back to like what people do to you. What about lollies? Because they're disproportionate, right? They're small objects. You know, they shrink big objects down. Fruit becomes little. I know, I know, but like, again, lollies are that size. <laughs> so you can eat them. They're meant to be that size. So if I bought in the world's biggest, like, lollipop, that would be. That freaks me that's out. Freaks or like, out. you know, I'm the world's them. giant, world's biggest pizza. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, how big is the slice of pepperoni how, on that how pizza? How do they bake that even? Yeah, then? I yes. know. Yeah. <laughs> right. So no enormous foods. Please, no. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Even if I gave you like a tray of like brownie, like the whole thing, and it, is that anyway? Like cakes can be. We're that getting big. into it's the, a cake. We're getting into the. Weeds I'm happy here. to give further detail. <laughs> how many layers to a cake before it starts to freak you before, out? How yeah. big does a wedding cake have to be before you won't eat it? How many tears to a cake? <laughs> like 
five. <laughs> I think we do a real world experiment with yeah, that. Yeah, we can. It's fine. Pull off a colosh each time. I'm happy one to be cake. a control five, group. Two. Yeah. And then just as we go along, you'll see and you'll start to sweat. There'll be people on the side. Kelly seems like she's sweating a little now. She's fidgeting in her, on her feet. And Anyway, all right, on that weird note, on that weird TV show we've just created, the only one episode long, maybe each week one we could do a, a... And it's me. Maybe each week could be a different category of food. Yeah. All right, that's it. Thank you. I'm calling.